0: episode four of The Modern Missionary. In this episode, we're going to be talking specifically about intimacy. Previous episodes, we were talking about the foundations and uh, all the things we need in our Christian walk and to be missionaries, right? So one of those we talked about was the need for intimacy with God as a priority. And so we're going to dive deeper into this episode. James and I, we're going to jump into some practicals about how to get closer to the Lord, steward intimacy in your life, and uh, yeah, just to re-get that connection with God again. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, so a modern missionary and in, in just like in general, any missionary, in a minister, everybody, like this is such a key aspect and something so fundamental to our faith is like the fact that we get invited into a relationship with God mm-hmm. and that is like, that, that's core, that's like physical belief, but it still is something that we have to sow into and practice. And the conversation is important around this because uh, as a minister, you served in youth ministry, I served in youth ministry and just in church, I served with YWAMP, you know, like in that context, you can go and not prioritize this and it can be detrimental to the effectiveness of your ministry, the Mm -hmm. fruitfulness of it, and just your, your, actually your entire like soul outlook on life if this is not a core practice or principle, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's going to, so I would say intimacy is the oil for our faith, so, uh, I always bring it back to, I, I've had two cars now die because of oil issues. So like, I (laughs) I, I know the first one I claimed is not my fault. After that, it was totally my bad. So, so basically the first time Uh, Well, I I like to say both of them aren't my fault, but they probably are, right? So the first time, I didn't know what I was doing and I was young and I had this car and I took it to a a local, like one of those just brands where you like, you go in and they, you know, they quickly do the oil for you or something like that. And I was like, here you go. And I just paid him, he did the oil, said, you're good to go in your car. I drove off the lot and uh, (laughs) within like, somehow I made it home and then the next day basically turned it on and it was driving, barely went anywhere and the whole engine started frying and I was stuck on the side of the freeway. My friends and I, literally my friends came, helped me out, we pushed it in to the closest mechanic we could get to. And he looked it up and within two seconds, he said, your, oil's fry, your engine's fried, everything's messed up, you need a new car. And we were like, what happened? <laughs> and he said, there was no oil in it. And he was mad at me, he's like, because you have no oil what were you thinking and i said i just got an oil change yesterday look here's the sticker oh and the the guy's like there's no oil in your car and he said so you he's like whoever they were they drained it and they were probably just went on break or passed it off to someone else and those people just put it on put on the cap and just sent out the car it with no oil the story is hitting
1: just a little bit more personal for me yeah. right now because we just got our oil changed at like a place like that. No and check. then since then, we've been having car problems. Uh, and my buddy, like, and I thought it was a wiring yeah. or like we had some recall stuff yeah. done. And my buddy was like, dude, you need to change your oil and like get new oil filters in it yeah. first and foremost. And I was like, but we just got our oil. Changed. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> so now I'm like, oh my gosh, it was them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. oil.
0: <laughs> totally. Yeah. No, it's it, so seriously, I learned check the oil. The second time my car engine died was the same thing, but I went away on a, I had, I had, this one was my fault because I knew there was an oil leak. Um, but what I figured out is I, cause I was super poor and I was like, if I pour in a quart of oil once a month, it's faster than the leaks. So I'll be <laughs> fine. Right. And i so I didn't want to get it fixed because I was too lazy. And then I went on a mission trip for a few weeks. I came back home, not thinking about that as the car sat there for two or three weeks, it was dripping oil. Start up the car to drive home and it dies on the way home from my mission trip, Right. Because once again, the oil, so I've lost two cars now oh because God. I, I just didn't check the oil it was my bad. Right. And so anyway, The point is that is the car, the engine literally burned out. And this is what I've seen time and time again. In third world nations with missionaries, they're burned out and they're dried up. But also Christians here doing ministry at home, Mm -hmm. they're burned out. And what I would say is when their engine, when the engine of your faith and your heart and your life is burned out, it's the the issue. The issue is not a ministry problem. It's an oil issue. It's a, you got, and the intimacy is the oil. It's yeah. like that is the issue. And so we need to look back, okay, how do we protect it, clean it, clean out those filters like you said, and how do we get fresh oil in our hearts to keep our faith going? And that's what every missionary needs this, whether you're a Christian missionary here home or going to work and that's yeah. your mission field or whatever, you got, you got to do what you can to get the oil done.
1: Yeah. So it's interesting because in the workforce, you know, like I imagine like a software engineer, like you don't have to care so much about the why of what you do. Like you can get burnt out at your job. Absolutely. But ultimately, like sometimes you're just working a job because that's where you get a paycheck. That's where you get your money. So it's like, I don't like this, but I have to do it. That's the interesting dynamic when you're a minister. Is it like, yes, it's a job. That's a paycheck. But that aspect of oil is so critical because it's your job is tied into your relationship with the Lord. And like, so you can continue to work, but it, it takes a drain on your relationship with yeah. the Lord. It's dependent on that. Um, whereas like, I mean, I, I would hope that software engineers, you you can still include God into your life and it'll give you feed life into right. whatever you do. But that aspect of a minister or somebody who's living an intentional life, like it's, it, it is that oil for sure that you need to have to kind of like right. um, be living in connection with them and if it's not there it it gets dangerous it gets issue unless you drive a toyota because like my wife and i had a toyota hybrid (laughs) and that thing was empty on oil for like a minute like we drove a lot (laughs) and that thing never died we took it in the guy's like dude your oil's been out i'm like that light's been on for like a month (laughs) so there is
0: (laughs) so yeah, and even even like the Christian who's home, like the software engineer guy, right? So he might not get burned out on his mission of software, but he is a missionary going into his job every day,
1: mm-hmm.
0: trying to share the light of God, right? Yeah. And if and if the only time he ever gets oil is once a week for thirty minutes at church, yeah, you know, and then maybe he skips a couple weeks, maybe he skips a month, yeah, and his his relationship with Or is gonna feel so dead and he's gonna go into work like, Lord, why am I here? Or feel so distant from God, the purpose is gone, yeah.
1: No, that's true because I, and I've said this, I'm like, uh, as a minister teaching sometimes, you know, I'd be teaching, I'm like, and encouraging people to practice their faith, et cetera. I'm like, I'm kinda, I'm lucky as a minister because it is part of my job to seek God. Like yeah. it's it's tied into me needing to do it. But it's like for instance for the software engineer, it could be more like your relationship with God is what I'm driving on as a minister. As a software engineer, you can go do software without Per, like bringing God into that at all but it's like a car that's sitting off their idol and so like it's losing oil It's not gonna be a great yeah, like yeah. and so it's keeping your relationship with God healthy It's keeping that vehicle healthy is the intimacy aspect that you're right. participating in right. and like ideally no You don't go a while without using and then be like oh, yeah church or whatever that looks like I think you know, it's a practice and a discipline to oh. invite God's presence more and more into our lives but there's definitely that dynamic where um, like the health of your relationship with God, the health of like your uh, ability to minister is tied in with like, are you
0: like totally. sowing into that intimacy? Totally, totally. The verse, so I, I'm going to read real quick. This is the main one I always come back to and it convicts me. This is the story of the like the parable of the 10 virgins, right? It's, it's Matthew 25. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm going to read this. We're going to look at that and kind of dive a little deeper because this is such a a clue, as like Jesus so prioritized, get your oil. So basically in this story, uh, there's a, a wedding ceremony, wedding feast kind of thing going on. And back in like Jewish culture in the time, basically what they would do is they'd after it was after the wedding kind of how we go to our our reception they would go to this long like seven day feast right it was it was awesome and so what they would do though is kind of the the bridesmaids so to speak they were the back then they were called the virgins like like they were the 10 virgins were the 10 bridesmaids think of that so your bridesmaids go to prepare the reception place for you that's basically what it was and so the thing is, though, is the ceremony was so long, so much going on, all this stuff. And then in an hour when they didn't know, the bride and the groom would come back to the reception spot. And it was the bridesmaid's job to have everything ready, pretty much. And so what they would do, sometimes it would happen late at night. Like they knew how to party hard back then. They'd come home, they'd come and start the reception at midnight and then yeah. they party for seven days, right? But the thing is, is once they got in, the doors were shut and then it was like, no one else is allowed in, right? Like our, our, our people are here and we're gonna now yeah. party, right? Yeah. And so, but you can't come in after that. Thanks. So in this parable, he basically talks about the bridesmaids who were ready with their oil to stay up late mm. for the groom and the ones who were not ready. So that's the context when we're going into this story, yeah. All right. So this is what it says. It says that the kingdom of heaven will be like the 10 bridesmaids or the 10 virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. So five of them were like, we're probably fine. I'm sure he won't take that long. Whereas five more said, we don't really know when they're gonna come. So let's just have extra just in case. Okay, when the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, look, the bridegroom's coming, come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, "Uh, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop, buy some for yourselves. Verse 10, but while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast and the doors were locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. Verse 13, so you too must keep watch for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. And this is a super convicting passage where Jesus is saying, look, every believer is responsible for their own oil. So intimacy with God, it is not something that you can buy from another Christian. So notice how they were like, hey, give me some of yours. Like, I can't be like, James, James, give me some of your intimacy with the Lord. And a lot of times we try to do that. We go to the people who are close to God and we're like, tell me what God's saying to me, you know, (laughs) and we're trying to pull from their intimacy. But he's saying, no, 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 you got to get your own because you don't know when I'm coming. So you have to always prioritize. The number one thing you have to prioritize in your life is being ready, keeping your oil ready. And so that's why it's so important. If we don't do that, we can massively miss out on what God's doing and our faith can start to die off to the point when he finally does come, we're like, and I would say not just come as in like the second coming, he's coming, but I mean like God could show up in your business. And when God's finally like, all right, breakthroughs here, then we're like, oh dang, I haven't been preparing. I've been so out of it. Like, what if you do get that promotion and you're so messed up in your relationship with the Lord, you finally step into that promotion and you totally collapse because you don't have the internal character to hold it because you haven't been stewarding it and getting ready. So it's not just like second coming when he comes. It's like anytime when he shows up and comes in your life, Mm -hmm. are you ready for him the minute he comes? That's the thing about intimacy
1: with God is like it, it, it actually gives life to every other aspect of our relationship with God. Like it is so critical and so important. And like, um, so like in, we'll talk about these, another one, we'll talk about prayer. We will talk about reading the Bible. We'll talk about these other disciplines. Intimacy with God just fuels each of those to make them so much more effective because like those things done alone is just like, it is religion. It, you know, but what we have with intimacy with God is like, We have the word, and so with intimacy with God, it's Him speaking to us. It's speaking like it's a personal God. It's not just a book; it's a personal relationship, and it's not just a God far off, but He's close by. Um, And like in prayer as well, like just the sweetness of like growing close to God. It's and it's the difference in relationship. Like we talk about intimacy being meaning like a closeness with like a friend, uh, or like we were talking about like in relationship to our spouses, that type of intimacy. So it's. Doing something with like your spouse, your best friend, somebody that's close to you, like if you were to go run a mile with somebody like that, it just changes that dynamic. dynamic. Versus if you're just like some random stranger, you're just running a mile. Uh, It's that closeness that you get to experience and that closeness Whatever you're doing, if you have that closeness, it's gonna be a part of all those things. And so like sewing into like the personal relationship that we get from God and like that intimacy. And God is, so I grew up uh, with my mom working at the church and uh, she was like the children's director over all of children's ministry. So, you know, I always grew up with this kind of understanding, like everybody saw my mom as like Miss Debbie, like as, you know, like a mom. And then there was me and I felt like far away from my mom because I'm like, everybody looks to you and is close to you and you see all the kids, but I didn't like feel seen by her, Um, but like, but I, she was, she had time for me. But what I, I say that because God, despite all of his children around the world, he has, he, in his like uh, infinite capacity, he has personal time for you. To be yeah. with you, to know you, to spend time with you. And uh, I think we can kind of get caught in like how I was as a kid. is like, oh, it's just everybody. But like, no, God wants intimate time and space with you as his child. And he has it available. It's there. He has no limitations. Uh, are we going to prioritize it and make space for it? That's
0: good. Yeah. That's good, man. And so I think, I think. okay, so like my car, we pulled it in and there were symptoms, right? And the issue was there was no oil. So here are some symptoms, right? So because uh, you, you might be listening to this and you might be thinking, you know, I'm fine. And I would say a large portion of the body Christ doesn't even realize they're running on empty or old dirty oil. You yeah. Yeah. And so I would say there's a large body of Christ where like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine with God, I'm good. But they have symptoms that point to messed up oil and they don't even know it, right? Mm-hmm. So so like I went to the mechanic and I said, why is my car making a metallic crazy noise and it won't turn on? And he said, well, it's a symptom of no oil. Mm-hmm. So here's some of those those noises that you can look at. If you are struggling with uh, bitterness, yeah. uh, compassion fatigue, where you're like, I just, I just don't like people anymore. Yeah. I just don't wanna be around people. Uh, if you feel angry at the church or Christians, I hear so many Christians always just complain about Christians, you yeah. know, and that's so, and it's so sad because that's a, that's a bride of Christ mm-hmm. and God showed me this picture once I was complaining about Christians in the church and it, God showed me this picture of me picking up mud and throwing it at a woman in her wedding dress and throwing it on the dress. And Jesus was like, that's my bride you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. And then I felt super convicted, like, oh I think, Dang, I think you know. that one in particularly <laughs> is like an
1: early warning sign yeah. right there. It's it like, that's coming in. Like, those are the first symptoms you'll start seeing. Like, you start getting critical and judgmental Super towards assert. Because, like, you have to think about it. Like, exactly that illustration, throwing mud at, like, the bride, like, Christ's bride. And then be like, that's my bride. Yeah. It's like, we talk about intimacy. You're getting close. And so, like you're sharing values and like so like we're good friends and then i just start trashing something that is so important to
0: you like how does that affect our if you started trashing my wife and talking to me about how she's such a horrible hypocrite who's got all these issues (laughs) who's so sorry laura but like if that i would sit there and i'd be like what is your problem that's my wife you know yeah Um, that
1: would that would Put a fringe in yeah, our relationship. Yeah, it would mess
0: up. So, and yet we sit there and we publicly talk about Christians are just hypocrites and Christians are they're so messed up. And I just hate how Christians are. And Jesus is like, "Whoa, mm-hmm. that's my that's my bride. Yeah. What are you doing?" Or uh, <laughs> <that's> my son <laughs> or and my my son daughter, daughter. Right. You know. <laughs> and, and there's so, this
1: funny TikTok video going around right now. Uh, okay. Well, I removed, <laughs> I have a child, and it's actually a terrible video. But it came up on my feed remove, cut out the part where I said it was funny, it's not funny, but there's this like little kid playing and then this other slightly older, bigger kid comes over and just like pushes him down. And then like everybody's stitching it and it's like, what would you do? Like as a parent seeing that happen, you know, like this bigger kid pushes your kid down and I can completely see it. And like as Cedar plays with kids that are older than him and then like younger than him, you know, he's a big kid, but like that reality of like, you know, that would invoke a response in you. Something that you care about so precious getting, and like, you can't like beat up a kid. And so like, what do you do? Do you go to the parent? Like, how is that whole thing? But anyways, I think about that uh, as just an interesting side point, but you know, that we, God cares about this, but he also cares about you. But that relationship dynamic is important Mm -hmm. and it affects your relationship with him. Right,
0: right. Totally. So uh, back to the symptoms, if that's a big symptom where you just can't stand Christians or people, compassion fatigue, you don't love people. Another one is if you avoid God, uh, if you, uh, I really should spend time with the Lord, but I'm kind of avoiding it because I think he's mad at me or disappointed in me or I failed or he secretly has a grudge against me. Like Adam and Eve hiding in the garden, you know, uh, the first sign of like sin and separation from God was Adam and Eve. They wanted to hide. And then God said, where are you? What's going on? Same thing. I can feel it in my heart when I'm kind of avoiding God, <laughs> right? That's a big sign of you need some oil. You yeah. you got to get right. Another thing is well, I was on oh, that. Man. It's like intimacy is
1: the actual the like the solution uh, to that sin Palling. problem, right? Like because Adam and Eve they responded by hiding and pulling away. But like in our faith in Jesus Christ, we believe that like there is not a sin that like is too great to remove us from his love and that we need to hide, that his blood can cleanse us and atone for that sin. And us practicing faith is actually drawing near him despite our sin. And so it's actually the practice of faith is pressing into intimacy despite our sin. And it's a a hard thing because religion will say you're disqualified and you need to hide. You need to go cleanse yourself. You need to make yourself right in order to draw near to God. But Jesus in our relationship and what he's done for us on the cross is like despite our sin, we can draw near to him because of this new covenant, and because of the power of his
0: blood. And that's like us practicing faith. That's what, like, yeah. Yeah. That's what cleanses us. It's the opposite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, so and then I don't know, are there any other for you you think uh symptoms, so to speak, of this is a sign of, hey guys, if you have this in your life, there's a good chance you need oil. Uh, so just to touch on that
1: faith point again, because I think that is so important in my journey. It was it was really important, uh, and I think it still is to so many Christians. But when you can, sin wants to pull you away. Like the enemy's tactic is to distance yourself like from God, like as much as possible. And so intimacy is that thing that like keeps us coming back to Him. And it's so important, but it is the practice of our faith, like despite our sin, like we, your faith is great if you can sin and still come back to Jesus because your, totally. your belief is not in anything that you've done. It's like in who God is, like God can still accept me yeah. despite my sin. You're actually showing great faith if you're willing to like uh, press in to close to sin right. despite your sin. Um, Because that's showing showing that you believe in a God who is incredibly merciful and kind towards you and like the power of his blood is enough. Like you are showing great faith by drawing into closeness with God, despite being a sinner. Because if you were a sinner and God was like, you know, just justice, like, yeah, you should run. You should hide, you should get away. Because like his wrath is upon you. But because of Jesus and his blood, you can actually draw in closer and closer to God, despite your sin. And he will, he will bring you in. You're just exercising your faith that it is, uh, you know, so I think that's just a key component of our, like what we believe in the gospel and what we believe in the power of what Jesus did on the cross. And it's just tied into intimacy. Intimacy is practicing faith because we're going to sin. You're going to sin as a missionary. You're going to mess up. You're going to fall. Uh, if you deny that you're a sinner, you're a liar. You know you will <laughs> yeah, sin. And so, but like so, even in pressing into intimacy, when you're like, all things are good. He's like, well, they're not. Like you still need my blood, right? But like even in great sin, like practice faith by pressing into intimacy with Him. Mm-hmm. Um, other things that I think uh, for those like signs. Um, I would, I would say kind of like on the opposite end of what I'm, you're like, I need to go earn God's favor before I can press into intimacy. Like you are, you're actually putting kind of like a reason why you can't draw near to God. You're like, no, I need to get things right. Right. Or like, I need to go, you know, do something before I can actually draw into God. I think that's a sign that you're actually pressing into religion and away from relationships.
0: Yeah, and I would say anytime, let a little red red flag go up anytime when you press into something else instead of intimacy. Mm-hmm. So even with me, there's times when I'm really hurting and I have a long day and all this stuff. And I'm like, I need to go spend time with the Lord. Mm-hmm. I need to talk to Him. My yes. heart's in pain. But instead, I just turn on Disney Plus or yeah. Netflix or yeah. entertainment or hours oh. of Instagram or TikTok or something. And I'm numbing myself with that rather than talking to God that's a big sign of hey there's a leak in your oil and it's leaking out because i'm avoiding god and i'm running to other things first so i would say that's if you find yourself running to other things first that right there is hey you're not filling up your oil lamp you know Let's yeah go back to that. i think like intimacy is an interesting
1: an interesting thing to measure um because uh, I'm, I'm going to look at it in the context of like two dynamic relationships one in the relationship with the best friend that I have and one in the relationship with my wife um, Really close with my best friend really close with my wife um, I and I can mess up or like there are certain things that like I'm scared of sharing with them, you know mm-hmm. uh, and You know I sin, I mess up against my wife and it's it's still hard to come before her and confess, you know Um, but as I practice those things, as I do like actually experience a deeper connection, uh, with, so, and, uh, in marriage, you know, uh, I just, I just, you can kind of go with like a status quo, but like intimacy is almost always calling out a little bit more, a little bit more trust, a little bit more closeness. And it is something that like, you're not just, you don't just fill the tank. Oh, I'm good. But it is like, it's kind of. It, in in that sense, the, the analogy almost falls apart because like you need to continue to sow into it. Yeah. And like, it's not built upon intimacy of the past. It's something that you're continuing to pressing into. Mm. Um, and that's why like, it's something to be constantly taken care of. You, uh, my buddy in my car, he's like, James, as soon as you see that oil light, y- you got a problem. Like as soon as that light's flickering, like you, you know, The, there. the problem yeah. is there, you know, and I was like, oh, I thought like I could drive a bit with it on, you know, like, yeah. and now I'm in trouble. Not like, um, it's not like a gaslight. No, <laughs> it's not. And in that aspect, like, and what that connection is for us, it's our heart. And I've I've been looking in Isaiah 6 and it's been uh, talking about where Isaiah, like, you know, experience with the coal on the mouth and the, God goes, who shall I send? And like, send me and... Uh, and he says, what shall I tell him? And God says, tell him this, like, if they're like, but he goes in this thing, if you're, if they be hearing, but not understanding, seeing, but not perceiving type thing. Uh, but he talks about the heart in that. Uh, and like, he's just the hardness of our heart. And we see that kind of in the Bible. He hardened Pharaoh's heart. Uh, But I see that in culture today where we can really, our trauma can happen to us, uh, disappointments can happen, things can happen in our lives that we don't understand or that are difficult and it affects our heart. And sometimes a natural response to that is to kind of callous ourselves off or guard ourselves off or block ourselves off. And we can start hardening our heart towards others and towards God. And we need to protect our heart Um, and keep that heart soft. And I think one of the ways that we do that in relationships with others and with God is by like continuing to press into intimacy. Otherwise we can kind of be calloused and closed off. Um, But the heart is such an important tool to protect. It's such an important part of ourselves to protect. And uh, yeah, if you're, you're starting to experience these problems, like it's a sign of your heart and a hard heart will distance itself from God and will pull itself away from God and from others.
0: Yeah so good and so let's as we're talking about that like so let i would say i, I would say let's jump in and talk about some practicals because that we don't want that hard heart i think we've made a good case for we you got to go after this intimacy thing you got to guard your heart you got to go after this so let's talk about some practical ways to actually fill that tank back up draw a little deeper get back you know my wife and i were, we're like, we need to go on a date we got to do something to to kind of jumpstart us back into kind of that connection time you know so let's go through that uh let's see and i would say there's a bunch of we kind of wrote down a bunch here but we kind of started to realize that it's almost like this it's very similar if not the same as almost the five love languages right Mm -hmm. where when i with my spouse i have to learn her love language i have to speak mine and i have to love her in different ways Mm -hmm. you know and we kind of realized, man this is so the same as keys to being stewarding intimacy and love with the Lord. So we're almost yeah. going through different versions of love languages with God yeah. to kind of re-turn up love in our hearts and connection, intimacy with him. Yeah. But you wanna talk about the first one we have there? I, yeah. I, w-
1: I would summarize it too in this is that like, you know, love languages with a spouse or how you feel love. like those are just things that allow somebody to like more intimately know you and like show something that you appreciate like to press into like oh like i know taylor loves this so i'm going to do this for him and so like there's creating connection and in a relationship that goes back and forth so i Mm -hmm. i love my wife through her love languages she Mm -hmm. loves me through my love languages type thing uh and in god's like uh, with our relationship with God, there's these different aspects that are, all of them are important to God that we can show, like, love to him and where we can, like, uh, get to know him more and we can experience a cl- more closeness in that relationship dynamic. And so that first one, I'd like, uh, that we have written down for that affirmation, communication is so key. Um, but, yeah. Um, I was talking with a friend recently uh, and uh, but just... The ability to talk to God and let your stuff out before God, like God, ha- like I said before, he has the capacity to just receive anything that you have to say, you know? And like, so if you're getting held up, like, I don't know how to pray or like, I, you know, just like start talking, start sharing, start opening up. Uh, we sometimes can be like little kids, you know, and like mom, dad's like, how's your day? like, fine, you know? But it's like what is the desire of the mom or dad like they want to know what happened in their kids day they're like they would they love to hear the details they want to know the ups and downs my wife does that too <laughs> you know like she's like what do you guys talk about when I hang out with a friend I'm like I don't know you know stuff you know but she like she just wants to know cuz yeah. she cares about me she wants to know my day God wants to know you and even though right. like he knows everything saw everything but like uh, actually sharing is that that is intimacy, you know? Yeah. That is going intimacy. on communicating. Yeah. And you gotta, you gotta like,
0: uh, so into that. You gotta practice yeah, that, yeah. Of yeah. like,
1: communicating yeah. with God for sure. Yeah.
0: yeah. God, God knows in the sense of he can read our minds. He knows. He probably understands our day better than we understand our day. But does he know what it's like to hear about your day through your own mouth? Mm-hmm. That's the thing where he's not putting himself in your mouth and making yeah. you say about his day yeah. to him. So he knows your day deeper than you do, except, yeah. but... He says, but I want to hear how you think your day went. (laughs) I want to hear from you.
1: Relationships are infinitely complex. And like God, there's no, like God does know the facts of the thing, but knowing. So I talk about in in Spanish, two words for know, saber means to like know the facts, but to know, conocer means to know through experience. And like, God wants to experience, you know, he wants to not just, know not just, person. know. I know everything that happened in your day, so you don't have to tell me. I know what you're going to say, you don't have to tell me, but it's that know through experience and you're creating that experience, you're creating that connection and that's infinitely complex and can't be summarized up to, but it has to be, it's got to be done and it's only done through like relationship with right. him. Right. Um, yeah. And then there's what that sows into is communication, affirmation, like, uh, is the important aspect of knowing God's voice in a quiet place and being able to like, pick out, I know his voice. I love the videos. Uh, I've seen a few of them where it's a kid uh, blindfolded and they have like these different women and one of them's his mom. And you know, each mom says like, hi honey. And he's like, nope, that's not my mom. Like, um, nope, that's my mom. And he just like, he knows and like when he, that's definitely my mom, you know, like even when he gets close and cause there's like, you know, um kid knows his mom through experience, through time, through intimacy. And so knowing voice, we spend time with God. That's where we're going to develop yeah. the ability to know his voice. That's what it right. says in John 10, 10 My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Um, and there's another verse that I didn't put up in here, but it's he talks about like, and they know my voice. Right. And it's so important that we spend time intimate with Him
0: so that we can really know his voice. Right. Yeah, yeah. I would say so. Communicate, commute. If you feel, I would so say this is the first place to start. If you feel distant from the Lord, uh, communication. Open up the line of communication. You know where you are just talking to him about everything. Uh, I think was it Psalms one forty two. David says that with my voice I cry out to the Lord with my voice, I plead for mercy to the Lord. I pour out my complaints before him, and I tell my troubles before him. This idea of you just got to vent your heart to the Lord. Uh, so often we vent our heart to people, and the Bible says that that can even be foolish, where it says a, uh, a foolish man vents his spirit out so right? But, but the but we vent to the Lord, right? Because he can handle it. Sometimes people, it's okay to like process with people for sure. But I think that should be happening after we've already tried to process with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like first vent to God and then and then go process with people in your life too. But we run around all day venting to everyone who some don't even want to hear. And we're just venting. And then we never, and then we talk to the Lord and we talk totally different. Our tone of our voice changes, everything shifts, right? And it's like, no, that should be our starting point. Talk to him first about what's going on, you know? Yeah. And so so I, I would say venting. Um, I actually had this time when I, I was super, I wanted to be respectful to the Lord, so I didn't say anything real raw mm-hmm. to him. And uh, there was this time when I was really struggling, and I just kind of snapped of like, God, I'm done. I just, and I said, and it was a time in my life when I didn't even know if God was real anymore. I was just kind of like, Lord... If you're real, you gotta show me. And so, so the first time in my life, I said all the things you're not supposed to say. You know, I'm like praying cuss words and like I'm saying all this stuff. And I'm finally just like, you know what, God, blah blah blah. I was just all this stuff, right? Because I was like, I didn't even know if he was really real anymore. Yeah. I did this for two or three days. I just was venting, like probably a decades worth of pain on my heart to God. Finally, this woman, who she's like, she she's like. I would call her a prophet. She's like, she's, it's insane how much she hears from God and all this stuff. She looks at me and she says, God's been talking to me a lot about you for three days now. Mm -hmm. And I had been, for three days, I've been venting the Lord. And I'm thinking, oh, crud, like, I'm about to get rebuked. I'm about to get, like, how dare you talk to God like that? I'm about to, and all she says, she says, God's been talking to me a lot about you for three days. And he's, and all he wants to, or, and what he told me, was it's because for the first time in your life, you're finally starting to talk to him. Wow. And my whole life I had prayed, dear God, thank you for this day. And I said a little formula and then yeah. I said, amen, right? Yeah. And yet finally, when I vented my heart to him, the Lord said, now you're finally starting to talk to me. Wow. you know, yeah. And it, it just shifted my whole paradigm of like, God wants to hear every detail on your heart. Right. And That is gonna get oil in your life more than anything else. I think yeah. just starting that communication That's our communication and but like you said also tuning in to listen. Yeah. Take time to listen Yeah, and
1: I think uh, so practically like, you know You can do that in your head You can go get into a space where other people aren't around and you can start shouting those things out You know crying mm-hmm. out to them that way. Uh, I have a friend and he writes he just yeah. nonstop write like he like that's how he prays is by just typing out. Or actually, I think he texts even. So he grabs his phone, like goes in notes, and he just writes his prayers right there. But that is a form of communication that is intimate and like so. You can do those things, which I would suggest for you to just like start doing. If you're feeling far from God, start opening up to him yeah. in that
0: way for sure. Yeah. Um. So and then I, I just want to add it too. That's our way of talking to our listening. But the number one way you can hear God's voice back is the Bible, reading the Bible. That's his communication to us. We can hear him in the quiet and the still small voice. But people who are always like, oh, I feel so like distant from God. I feel so, uh, I can't hear God. And it's like, if you can't, everyone can hear God. Because you can just pick up your Bible and read, you know. <laughs> and if you can read, then you can hear God. Yeah. Because if you're reading the Bible, then you're hearing His voice, you know. And so, getting daily the Word of God in your life. In our next episode, we're going to go a lot deeper into practices for the Word of God. Uh, but that's so huge: is vent our heart to Him and then turn to the Bible and say, "Lord, speak to me." and read the scripture and you'd be shocked how all the time the verse you read is exactly what you needed to hear for that day you know and it and it just pierces your heart and you say oh my goodness god just spoke to me through his word you know so i would say if you need if you need that oil then talk to him communicate everything to him but then turn to his word to get that back in your life you know but but what what do you think what are some next ones that we can do to kind of start getting
1: yeah so the next one like quality time and i think like realistically this is like for me the main one of like you want to press into intimacy this one is important yeah. uh and uh that quality time can open up avenues of communication and different aspects but quality time is where you really sow into intimacy like you got to make yeah. prior, you got to make spending time with god a priority and that's where like you can spend time in His Word and in prayer and in worship, but you got to do it, and it's got to be done pers- like on a one-on-one basis. Uh, that's where like just going to church every weekend is not efficient. Like if my wife and I only hung out with friends and never had any time, like that would not be a very intimate relationship. Like you got to get that one-on-one time, uh, and so time alone, quality time with God. Uh, but even like that's where I've experienced like such closeness with God before is times where like I've just gone to the beach alone like, sat on the cliffs next to the waves and just like wasn't even praying wasn't even didn't, wasn't listening to worship uh, wasn't reading my bible but just God was my focus and God was there and yeah. that time with him like I left that just like mm, like intimacy with God right there is like so sweet wow. and like that uh like you can go so deep in experiencing relationship with god just through time with him uh and like there's nothing that compares to that there's nothing oh. that compares to that
0: I think of matthew 6 6 jesus says when you pray go away by yourself <laughs> yeah. shut the door behind you pray to your father in private then your father who sees everything will reward you yeah. it's like people are like where's god it's he's right there he's in the secret place and i think with that what he's referring to is the secret place he's not he's not legalistic like god's only going to meet you in your bedroom closet door yeah, with yeah, a yeah. shut it's like what he's saying is the principle go away by yourself you see all throughout the gospel jesus uh, he goes away to the woods by himself he just disappears yeah. there's times when when the disciples are looking for him and he just he just ditched he just yeah. went to the to the forest to go be with the lord by himself and it's the idea of the secret place, getting alone alone time with you. And, I, and to be honest, I wouldn't count church as your quality time, your alone time with God. It's, it's like going with, like you said, going with your wife to a conference. And it's awesome, you learn a lot. You can go to a marriage conference with your wife and it's great, you learn so much about marriage. But that's not your marriage, you know? You then have to go home and actually live out what you learned at the marriage conference in your marriage, right? And so, but so many of us, we consider our time with God church. And so we give God like an hour and then that's it, you know, Mm -hmm. but church was always meant to be a place where we learned how to steward our marriage with God so that we can go home and continue to steward our marriage with him, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so you have to have time outside of church when you're like that one-on-one connection time, you know? For sure. Yeah. And this could be like on a hike, go for a hike with him, go to the beach, sit out on your porch, go for a walk, just something where you're alone with God, you know?
1: really kind of resting in his presence. Yeah. You're like yeah. learning that like it's not about doing anything. It's not about getting anything done. But like the more important thing is like you're my focus. Right. You're why I'm here. You're why I'm doing it. So that's why you can. You could go on a hike. You can do something. But like the important thing is you're making God your focus. Yeah. Um, I I even experienced, I feel like a place of intimacy that I sowed. Uh, where I sowed into intimacy with God was actually through fasting um, because that was a place where like, you know, you're taking this hunger away and like I'm giving that as a thing that like I'm giving that up because I want to be drawn near and be close to you. Um, And that kind of like constant reminder of your hunger and the suffering in that is actually a place where it's like you're constantly thinking about God and it's just making you like uh, press into him even more. And so it's things like that. Uh, I had some friends, they gave a teaching in YWAM, and they were teaching on relationships. Uh, But they were talking about uh, how, like, you know, in this dating reality, like, uh, we quickly want to go into, like, deep intimacy here. But they were talking about how, like, this, you can go infinitely deep in your uh, friendship with somebody mm-hmm. like before you can cultivate that deep friendship before you need to go into like physical intimacy and right. things like that That this is just an endless well that you can constantly sow into um and i think about that in terms of like your relationship with god it's like there's no arrival at like oh i have intimacy with yeah. god it's like no there, there is just sweeter and sweeter Uh, more closer, like intimacy with God that you can experience the more that you sow into it. Uh, And it gets, it it, it just, it's a little bit addictive and you just want more and more of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so true. So how do you, this is just a side question, bonus question here. I don't have kids, but the number one thing I hear when I talk to people who are parents and kids and family, they say, yeah, but I have a bunch of, like I have two or three kids, so forget me ever getting alone time with God. And it's, I understand what they're saying, you know, but how do you, since I don't have kids, how do you, cause you have a, uh, one little one and another one coming, how in the world do you get alone time with God and get this quality time with God when you got that kid running around, you know?
1: Yeah, I, you know, making time is just important cause I still have to make time with my wife, you know, despite yeah. having kids running around. And I knew so in that relationship, like we just went up to the mountains, got away for a couple days. Uh, And left our son with my grandma to, like, get some time. Not everybody has that opportunity. But even in that relationship, we got to find time and prioritize time. And I think the struggle that my wife and I face even is distractions and our desire to, like, you know, go into something indulgent as opposed to, like, pressing into our relationship to to together because our kids do sleep and they do go to bed you know but what do we do when they go to bed we turn on the tv we go do something we scroll on our phones and we don't actually sew into our relationship when we moved in the house we're in uh for the first couple months we didn't have a tv and it was like we were just we would just sit and talk and hang out you know Mm -hmm. like there weren't we removed distractions from our life that allowed us to just prioritize time with each other and so i would say like you know, people who say that as an excuse is like, no, you're just, but uh, an, a response sometimes, uh, which is uh, another kind of red flag that you're like, your oil's low is that you're just getting indulgent, you know, where it's like self, uh, like self pleasure, just like scrolling or trying to like escape
0: is actually a sign that you're like, you're actually not, you're, like, Yeah. You're you're tri- trying. i think your spirit's ministry. screaming out and trying to find oil elsewhere yeah it's like i'm dry i'm dry so then it's like looking and grasping anything to get oil you yes. know it's like trying to indulge in something you
1: know? that's exactly right and so um you know you and in our faith and our walk we we just need to continue to make time for god and like uh, set that out and if that's doing the hard thing and waking up early it earlier or if that's you know Just saying no to your phone or no to your devices or you know There is time and I just yeah. so I haven't ass- I'm gonna have a second kid and I think my world's gonna change even more than having one, you know, cuz we have a newborn coming So I know that like sleep. is gonna be low and all of this stuff um, but I think like if you're honest there's other things that are distracting you and you're just prioritizing them over the other and you need to like change your priorities and just keep them up there yeah, as, right. as the mo- most important thing.
0: Yeah. yeah, I always I always feel like I don't have any time. and then I remember I got an alert and I looked on on the iPhone. They have the app that says screen time. you can see and you're like, ooh. This last week, I spent how many hours on, yeah. on YouTube and Instagram and text and yeah. video and all that? I'm like, there was. My- <laughs> yeah, at
1: the beginning of COVID, I started playing a lot of video games. Yeah. And uh, yeah, on on my Xbox, it was like, you put this many hours into like Call of Duty. And I God. was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like I'm like, that's a degree right there. Yeah, that we're that we're is gonna, like, that is, I got to learn a language. I got to, you know, <laughs> yeah. the time in there was insane. But like I, you make priorities for certain yeah. things yeah, yeah. and it's just making it's sure assess your priorities. Where yeah. are you putting your time? Right. Find some time. And in a worst case, worst case scenario, here's the absolute miracle of God is this reality that you can invite them into anything you're doing. Yeah. And yeah. like, uh, even with my wife, when we're busy with my kids. I can look at her and be like, Hey, I love you. I, you know we know what's going on right now we got we want to focus priority kids but i can still connect with her even in the busyness of of our lives and god is available at any moment of our life we can do that so uh i would say you don't have an excuse as a parent but you can you can make some excuses uh but you got to take the responsibility and just make it a priority i would say
0: yeah even if it's 15 minutes in the car yeah Mm-hmm. Driving, and it's your commute time or yeah. something. So I love what you said. Just, just in the midst of the busyness, turning your focus to him.
1: Yeah, um, we 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 could talk about t- like the presence of God, and we're relating that to the. The, the character of like physical touch being that love language but like we get to we can't just reach out and touch God or have his hand like on our back although like people will have their experiences of God moving in that powerful way right but what we can do is we can press into his presence and yeah. seek his presence and so in connection to like finding intimate moments with God there's this there's you know there's this guy who wrote uh, Practicing the Presence of God Brother Lawrence and he talks about just going after and seeking that presence of God which is constantly available to yeah. us yeah. uh there's another guy Frank LeBac and he actually made like a game out of it it's called the game of minutes and he was like i want to think of god every minute of every day like i want to take just a second of every minute of every day to like consider god because that's how available he is and he's like it's not a condemnation thing it's like i just want to i want to make it a game because god is so available i want to bring god into every aspect and you can bring god into every aspect every minute of your life uh and it's it's hard to do and like you kind of need to gamify it or something to like make it a practice but you really do like and if you forget it's fine and it just would be like hey God is, like, available to me yeah. right now. Like, I have His Spirit. He's given that to me. He said He will never forsake me or leave me. Yeah. Like, here, here. Thank you, Jesus. Like, and just in that moment. And, you know, that's, I think that's just a small piece of, like, pressing into, like, yeah.
0: you're close. You're so close to me. Yeah. Cool. So, so with that, we're talking about the five love languages where we talked about, like, quality time words of affirmation that was like the communication affirming God talking to God connecting to God yeah Um, and there's a level of that affirming God when you start to talk to him about his beauty and his goodness it like changes your heart you know when we affirm him it impacts us quality time we talked about and then there's the, the physical touch I'm always praying Lord like sensitize me help my heart Uh, I want to tangibly feel God. I would love that. But that tends to be few and far between. You know, it's happened, but it's very few. But my heart can feel him and his presence where you just tune into, Lord, I want to feel your presence near me. And it just feels like a nearness of, oh God. And I I want to grow in that. So I'm always asking for that, you know. But there's the other ways. There's the uh, giving of gifts and there's the serving. Those are two of our love languages. And can those be used? to connect our relationship with the Lord, do you think? I I absolutely think you can, because again, through
1: both of those, like through doing it, that's where you're you're prioritizing God and you're just making him a priority. You can make God a priority in your life through giving, uh, by giving the tithe, like by tithing or like sowing into like these different aspects financially because you're not sowing into yourself, you're sowing into something else. And uh, there's a verse that says, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And like, you know, you want to give God your heart, like start sowing into his kingdom financially. Oh. Start taking away from what you would spend money on yourself for or your right. retirement or your future. Start putting that in God and be like, God, you're important to me. And that is like, uh, you just think about that in a relationship. Or like, I bought you this gift. I give you finances because, right. like, you're important to me. And, like, you're just making God a priority. And you're just sewing into how you view God as valuable. And, like, we do that through worship, but we can do that through giving. And I think that is just a way that we're actually, like, uh, bringing God a little bit closer yeah. to us and making Him important yeah. in our lives.
0: Yeah, we can do a whole episode of generosity and, and tithing and all that stuff. But I think the, the quick gist is that. When you give, you're giving unto the Lord. Like the verse that talks about when you give someone water, you gave it to the Lord. When you mm-hmm. gave someone clothes, you're giving it to the Lord. Yeah. So when you, you're not like giving money to that pastor or that church, you're giving it to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And what they choose to do with it, that's between them and God and, and all that stuff. But you when you tithe, we can't be mechanical about it. We have to be like, Lord, I'm giving this to you right now because I trust you, because I love you. But then above and beyond, like my wife and I last week, um, there was this homeless man who came up to us and asked for money and we said, no, we don't have any money because I just had a card. And I said, but I can take you to get some food. And we looked over and there was a Panda Express right by us. So I said, you like Panda Express? And he said, <laughs> and he got thrilled. He said, yeah, we took him in. We said, buy anything you want on the menu. Bought him at Panda Express, and then afterwards we prayed with him, talked with him, hung out with him, and left. And he was thrilled. He was so nice, so sweet. And we left, and we felt closer to God. We felt so, like, overjoyed. Wow, that was so awesome, God. And it really did feel, we felt like this pleasure of the Lord, like, thank you for buying me, Panda Express. We gave it to a homeless guy. But the Lord said, when you give someone who's homeless water, you're giving it to me, so it's like we bought God Panda Express, yeah. and and he was and he was saying thank you for taking care of what I love because he loves the poor, yeah. so when we take care of the poor, we're showing him we love him too, yeah. and when we love them, he love you know we're yeah. loving him, and that's so that's a way by helping people like that and giving to those in need, yeah. that is a way you can give to God, and you'll feel closer to God when you do that. Yeah, and yeah, and likewise serving, and you're yeah, serving same the things, you're serving the
1: things that are important to his heart. So it's like, he's like, I care about this. I care about this. And were you giving time or giving financially, you're saying like, those are important to me too. Or you're like, you're sowing in a thing that is important to God. And so it's just a way of loving him, drawing into the things that are important to him. Like he's like, I care about this. And you're beginning to care about it. And there's intimacy there. So you're going, it's you going to God to find out what's important to him to connect over those things. And so it's just, you know, you look at it in a relationship, and like, you know, if I find out like, I mean, you know, I love video games. So like, if you come play video games with yeah. me, that's how we connect, you know? I'm like, oh damn, like, you know, like you're pressing into something that like, I spend a lot of time in that's right. important to me, you know? And that's a way that in our relationship we can actually go deeper. And so like me figuring out what's important to you, like, and me choosing to do that. My wife tries to like, she tried to play video games with me one night and it was the sweetest thing. I was like, she's like, let's play a game tonight. So like, I try to find a two player yeah. game, you know? Yeah. As a way we get, like, she was trying trying to do something I love to connect yeah. with me. And for me, it, w- it was loving. For her, it was hard,
0: but it did help us connect, yeah. you know. And she, yeah, Laurel did the same thing. And then, uh, and then I was shocked. She, she kept beating me at Mario Kart.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then I was like, what? <laughs> And, but it actually made me love her more. I was like, you're really good at this. Oh my gosh, I love you. You know, But it was her, it was exactly her sewing into something we loved, even if she didn't love it. And then it brought us closer together and vice versa. You know, yeah. there's things that like, she's way more into hiking than me, but I'll go on a hike because she loves to do it. And then at the end of the day, we feel so much closer together because we spent time doing so. So same idea. Yeah. If you might not love doing things food ministry to the poor. You might not love helping someone move. You might not love, but you notice when you do it for the Lord, at the end you feel so much closer and connected to him. Absolutely.
1: So to kind of wrap this up, I would say like intimacy God, intimacy with God more than oil is actually like the living water and as you begin yeah. to just water your life with intimacy with God it is going to bear fruit like in oh, so much more and it's li- like you could just focus on intimacy with God and like he will be revealing like the different aspects that will feed you and nurture you but just closeness with God is where you're going to find life giving yeah. principles for yourself and it's important and it's more important uh, We I don't think we stress this enough in this it's more important than anything that you can do for God, it's yeah. more important to be close to Him. So, like uh, I think in our world, we especially this generation, we want to be world changers. We want to be important. We want to be known. We want to do big things. But like the most important thing you can do is be close with God and intimate with God. Yeah. Uh, and then, so like that's. But it's just we live in such a temptation and a struggle to want to be. Uh, to want to do the big thing, but we'll oftentimes burn ourselves out, burn out our relationship with God, trying to achieve that thing. Uh, But fruitfulness is really going to come from intimacy with God.
0: What's up, guys? Thanks for watching. Be sure to subscribe to see future episodes of The Modern Missionary with us. And hey, read the descriptions down below and you can learn more about what James is doing with YWAM Endless Summer. You could apply for staff or even join a DTS school coming up soon. And check out my links for Fireplace Ministry as well. And put any questions you have about the episode, the content, the topic in the comments, and we will be sure to get back to you. Thanks for watching, and we will see you next time.